Welcome to another episode of Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way. This episode is another roundtable on the way, a more in-depth feature to explore things a little further than we can squeeze into the usual 15 minutes. For this installment, we are focusing in on what it means to be a young adult Viatorian associate. Joining me today are three guests. Kai Guerrero has been a Viatorian associate since 2020. Kai grew up as part of St. Thomas More Catholic Community in Henderson, Nevada, a parish started by laypeople. Their first pastor was a Viatorian priest, Father Tom Long CSV, who helped formally establish the parish in 1986, and the parish was led by our community until 2019, when we returned it to the Diocese of Las Vegas. Kai was involved in life teen and youth ministries, and she has remained engaged in parish ministries since heading into adult life. Kai has also been involved with several Viatorian youth congresses, including serving as a music minister and MC. Professionally, Kai works as a manager of digital assets for a film distribution company. Tommy Gugino has been a Viatorian associate since 2020 as well, and his brother Anthony Gugino has been an associate since 2017. The Gaginos grew up in St. Vider Catholic Community in Las Vegas, Nevada. They continue to minister at the parish, including Tommy's work managing the parish website and Anthony's work in liturgical and music ministry. They have also been integral to the Viatorian Youth Congress along its history, including this past summer when Tommy was an MC and Anthony led the music ministry. Professionally, Anthony works for Clark County Parks and Rec, and Tommy works in digital engagement with the Nevada System of Higher Education. And then there's me, Dan Masterton. I am a Viatorian pre-associate in formation to become a Viatorian associate potentially in 2024. I grew up in Arlington Heights, Illinois, and I met the Viatorians through St. Vider High School. I kept in touch with many Viatorians during college and adulthood and teamed with them on some projects while working as a Catholic high school campus minister. I now work part-time for the community in vocation ministry and communications, and I'm a stay-at-home dad to my two daughters. This roundtable was recorded in September 2022 during the Las Vegas Diocesan Conference weekend. After I asked the first question, the first voice you hear answering is that of Kai Guerrero, and then after my redirect, you'll hear from Tommy Gugino, and after another redirect from Anthony Gugino, and the conversation continues from there. It's my pleasure to be a part of this conversation with two fellow millennials and one member of Gen Z, and to discuss together what it's like to be a young adult and a Viatorian. Enjoy! What trends do you see socially among people in our 20s and 30s that you think are worth noting that maybe impact faith life or faith identity, the way someone practices spirituality, the way someone belongs? What do you see among others our age? Not necessarily thinking of ourselves, because I guess we would be sort of outliers in a way. But what do you see among your friend groups or people in your family? I think specifically with like my age group, it feels like a lot of my friends that I went through like um, religious ed with and like youth ministry and stuff, all of us are kind of at a point where just, we're just trying to find a spot basically and like a purpose within the church. It's hard, I guess, as young adults because now it's, okay, you're an adult now, you can be a leader. I think it's just trying to find like something to do essentially. One of the things I've noticed in some people is I think sometimes in previous eras, we might've called it like buffet Catholicism or like in Ireland, they would call it pick and mix, like thinking of like the candy walls where you make okay. the candy. But I think some people found what worked for them in terms of like a piety or a spirituality and kind of hung on to it, even if they don't go to church most weeks or belong to a parish. Maybe it's like a devotion to the saints or a particular saint, or it's like familiar prayers that they've memorized, or maybe even the rosary or something. But it's not necessarily part of like a week in, week out practice and like belonging faith sort of like a little practices that they hang on to? I think people in sort of our age bracket are more, not necessarily like regular churchgoers, but they show their faith through their actions, through the causes they believe in, through uh, more social justice movements and more social justice focused. A lot more of young Catholics are really active in their causes and like going out and whether that's like working with the unhoused or uh, working with those who are hungry, creation, and just different causes that they believe in. 
Is there anything in particular that makes you nervous or gives you hope about the way millennials and Gen Z people are moving through faith and spirituality? Are there things that you see and you think are helpful or things you see that you think are problematic or could be kind of negatives for people or for groups or for communities? It's hard because like after youth ministry, like when at least out in Vegas, we as young adults, like in sophomore year of high school, get confirmed. And then after that, there's generally not too much that we have after that for us. Like as young adults, like unless you're like super involved or, you know, have a super involved um, youth minister that pulls you in and keeps you involved or, you know, keeps that drive within you to want to be involved in in ministry or invites you in, in our cases that, you know, it's difficult and people just fall through the cracks, you know, to where there's nothing or no system in place to catch them or, you know, to prevent them from being part of the church or making that part of their adult faith life on a regular basis. Kind of going off of that, though, like one of the things I find hopeful is that people our age tend to be the most willing to get involved. So like um, with St. Thomas More starting up their life team program again, sure, we have some new leaders that we're just interested by you know, knowing that it exists, but I've seen leaders come back and get invited because they care about the program and like how it runs. And I reached out to like a bunch of friends I used to be in the program with that we were leaders at some point, whether it was the program going away or, you know, COVID or whatever, but then immediately hearing that it came back and is willing to jump in. And I think just the gung-ho-ness, I guess, of um, being a young adult is what I find hopeful about it. That's good, because I think we've seen that with BYC, too, not least from you guys, but from other people around your age or from earlier BYCs, too, where even if there are other issues elsewhere in their life or in their outlook towards religion or spirituality, something about the kind of social ties to BYC and the people who they went through BYC with whether it's professed Viatorians or associates or their peers, it seems to kind of be a way that draws them back into involvement and activity, which mm-hmm. is good because I worry that millennials, we kind of were showing like less loyalty than our parents and grandparents in terms of moving around, staying at a job for a long time, sticking with a certain company for a long time. We were more kind of mobile. We were taking our time more with choosing majors or going to grad school or moving on to different parts of our careers. And I worry that then behind us, like Gen Z is even more so decentralized and everywhere and maybe nowhere at the same time. And that any institutions or like kind of traditional longstanding things will lose their head of steam because there'll be this aversion to like re-engaging and being a part of it. So I think it's hopeful to me to hear that there is a generation, a part of this generation that found a, a deeper tie with a program that was meaningful to them when they were younger they now want to come back and contribute to as an older adult. What about looking at the church more widely then? What do you see among the church and the communities that the church is trying to reach and serve, especially young adults? What do you think is going well or what do you think is missing? Is there something that you hope would change or something that would develop to kind of help the church evolve and and meet meet a need that's not being met or serve young adults in a way that, that we aren't being served right now? The church has come a long way in moving things online. I think that was probably the only positive that came out of the pandemic, when you really think about it, is more churches are now live streaming and really trying to connect with people online. But I think there's so much more work that has to go into being able to engage younger Catholics online, whether that be through, you know, again, more video more podcasts like this, more just more digital content that people can engage with, especially millennials and Gen Zers. I thought it was interesting that in Florida, it appears the first Gen Z congressperson will have been elected by winning his primary and probably winning the general in November. And now you'll have someone in Congress from Gen Z. And I wonder if, you know, there's already some millennials in religious life and deaths and priesthood, but People in Gen Z would just kind of be getting into, if they went in pretty young, would just be getting into formation years and some practice. I wonder if over the next few years, as members of Gen Z get into religious life and priesthood, 
and you know maybe lay people who did some professional training or education are now getting into youth ministry or teaching at schools if you start to see even more of a pivot or more of a literacy with using new media using social media and engaging people through phones and apps and kind of the remote stuff that you know a gen x or a boomer priest or <laughs> dre or someone would struggle a lot with you know generational change can kind of these things along and it's probably going to be necessary to do it better and better one of the other things i've seen over the years that i think is interesting in generational you know kind of issues in the church is you'll have some churches for better or worse where there's you know early masses on a sunday morning that are mostly elderly parishioners Mm -hmm. masses kind of mid late morning that are a blend of young and old and then maybe like an evening mass whether it's saturday or sunday evening that tends to attract more like a teenage or young adult crowd and I think there's pros and cons, right? You'll have kind of a fidelity to those masses that draws people to be more of a week in, week out, you know, participant and, you know, be really routine and committed about going. But on the flip side, I think you can end up with sort of like a, almost like a stratified parish where you have yeah. elderly people who may never see a young parent or a teenager in the pews at the same liturgy as them. And on the flip side, you might have a young person who goes to mass where there's not a single, you know, gray hair yeah. head in the crowd. And I always wonder what it's like to transition from one group to the other. Like if you were a 5 p.m. mass goer and you get into your late 20s and maybe you get married yeah, or you have a child or something like that, you know, what do you do when you maybe belong to both or neither and you're trying to figure out? So I wonder what, you know, how is that integrative? And like the solution is probably that parishes become better at fellowship and community life again and that old and young and middle-aged can all kind of blend together more comfortably. But if no one's coming in the first place and you get a better engagement through these kind of, you know, specialized mass congregations, it creates this difficult tension that that's why I'm not in parish life. I'm not good at figuring out how to, you know, treat that. The Sunday experience should be more streamlined in terms of being intentional about welcoming and, you know, how do we welcome people and not make them feel like, Ooh, like that's their first time. How do we make them feel welcome, but like not, put them up on a pedestal per se, or be like, Oh my gosh, that's their first time. Like, where are you from? Like, how did you find us and all this stuff? Like, you know, it's kind of a balance act between over welcoming and not welcoming enough. Yeah. And then the Sunday experience should be good liturgy with, you know, people that are well versed and ready to minister at mass, whether it's being a lector, a musician, a cantor, you know, Eucharistic minister and stuff being ready to, serve with the open heart but keeping that consistency so then no matter what mass anyone wants to go to at a parish they feel like they're getting the same experience or that same community being built there yeah liturgical ministries is such an under you know attended to portion of the liturgy and it's such a, a low barrier way even for someone who's super nervous just to bring up the gifts or yeah. um, to help you know compile the collection baskets or um, something simple that's, you know, low pressure, low, uh, you know, public exposure, but it still makes you a part of the, you know, communal offering of the mass in a small way that, you know, gives you ownership and makes you want to engage and commit and belong. Um, I think it's, you, you do see it done fairly well in parish schools or in sacramental prep programs. But then again, it's like, what's the next step beyond that, that keeps someone engaged and prevents them from falling through the cracks or getting left kind of aside? But I think there's also other opportunities to get young people involved, not even necessarily in mass, but also outside of mass as well. And using like what they're studying in school or what they're um, or what they're passionate about outside. Like this past few, I see Kai did photography for us. And like that was such a gift for us to have and be able to experience that, which I think is really cool outside of like going to mass every week. Like I helped do edits for like the parish website and things like that. So I think there, I think also we need to keep in mind, you know, getting involved in mass, people might not want to necessarily be involved in mass. They may be more of an active listener and that's okay. But I think too, there's other ways we can engage people outside of that. So, so I think we need to keep that in mind, especially with Zers and millennials as well. I think that's a good point that you shouldn't see your engagement in a church community, a parish in liturgical life as solely just what you bring as a prayer. Yeah. As someone who's a person of prayer or as someone who's a liturgical minister, but that 
something beyond that can still be valuable and meaningful and a part of the community, whether it's like photography and the arts or um, just being, you know, involved in a justice or service project. Those are still valuable things. And I was even at Viatorian Assembly when we were talking about our strategic planning and all that stuff. I was impressed. One of our older priests said that as we're recommitting to accompanying young adults, we shouldn't see bringing them back to full weekly mass attendance as like our sole or primary goal right. mm-hmm. that young adults can be engaged and involved in a part of this without going to mass every week. And that even if that's what we hope they'll get to at some point or in some way, that shouldn't be our sole focus. And I think that reflects yeah. your insight of acknowledging all people's gifts and passions and bringing them to bear on the community to lift up the community itself or be part of the outreach that's done for charity and justice in the community. It's all valuable. So why don't we flip that towards Viatorian Association? You guys are all committed associates. And one of the things we talk about in vocation ministry a lot is that the Viatorian community of professed men, you have these various vocation stories and stories of men coming to realize they're being invited to religious life and going through formation and professing vows. But then you look at associates and you have kind of a similar but different swath of stories and backgrounds um, and ways that people came to the community and came to decide to go through pre-association and commit to the community. And it's also kind of an interesting thing to look at young adults who are experienced with the Viatorian community through our schools or parishes or the Youth Congress or border immersions or what have you, who then aren't associates. And that's also okay. And we do have to find ways to keep young adults engaged and involved, even if they don't choose to become associates. But that's something you guys did choose. So I wondered, would you talk a little bit about how you went from Viatorian kind of associated through your spiritual and religious life kind of up to that point, and then how you decided to move into applying for association and going through that process? Um, I'll go first since I'm the eldest. (laughs) In association. In association. In association. Tommy goes last because he hasn't recommitted. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the way that I look at association or when I explain to people um, who think, you know, or don't know about the Viatorians is that through my association or being a lay associate, I support the mission of the Viatorian communities and support the work of like Father Wren and, you know, the brothers and priests that I've gotten to work with over the years. Um, so it's a partnership. But also, you know, I have my own mission through the work that I do in music ministry and liturgical ministry to help support their work, to make that, you know, their only focus should be presiding at mass, giving a homily, and we together have a great liturgy, hopefully, all things considered. But so making the decision to become an associate was a process of being invited by several associates or having that bug put in, in the ear, being like, you would make a great associate. You would make a great associate. You're already doing this. Why not just make it official? Yeah. So, you know, several invitations by several different people in several different regions, you know, it's kind of like a no-brainer of sorts, you know, to be like, oh, like, we're already doing this. We might as well continue the good work that's being done. And, you know, I think being part of UIC since the beginning and, not knowing what I was getting myself into the first year and kind of having no expectation of what is to come and being in a retreat center and, you know, meeting certain Viatorians for the first time. And now looking back on it 12 years later, I don't think I would change anything that I've experienced through the Viatorians, whether it's all the VYCs going to Belize on a Belize immersion, a trip, you know, getting to work with the Viatorians on such a close-knit level to where like planning liturgies and being asked to help with you know various things throughout the province and you know even in other regions is a humbling experience but also you know reaffirms that their investment in me as a young person in high school throughout college has shaped me into the young adult well almost not young adult anymore (laughs) but we're getting to a point where the millennials and the Gen Zs are going to be the ones working in churches. And so I think it's important that the Viatorians set up themselves and our parishes and schools for success in the future. So in that way, like we have leaders that are ready to go to help carry on the mission forward. So like my 
I guess, beginnings with the Viatorians was just being going on VYC. I think 2014 was my first year. That sounds right. Yeah, that was the, the Vegas was one. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it, you know, going through religious education and, like, confirmation and all that, like, you get told, like, oh, this is a community that you're a part of and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it wasn't, like, the reason why I decided to kind of become an associate and just kind of be involved with the Viatorians in general was even from the first VYC, it felt like a reunion. Like it, yeah. it was never like, oh, this is a new experience. It's, oh, this is a coming home experience. That sentiment always carried regardless of whatever year of VYC it was, whatever like Viatorian event it was. It just was constantly, oh, you're a familiar face. It's good to see you again. And I think what's unique about the Viatorians is a religious life like to be involved with your faith always felt so tangible which is like it's different to be able to like go to a priest or a brother or whatever and ask for advice like straight up versus you know kind of just theoretically trying to like ask them like saying like a confession or something like that yeah. it's it's a person to person like communication versus like someone higher and someone lower and i thought that was always unique about being an associate is that you are working in tandem with everyone who like all the priests and brothers and stuff like that so but yeah it was just a unique community that I felt called to and I remember it was I think my first VYC as a leader and then it was always like okay I'm a young adult I've been a leader on VYC now now what and then the next logical step in my mind was to ask how to become an associate and then that just kind of just went from there. I've always associated with the Viatorians. Um, I think Anthony and I, from a young age, I mean, we went to St. Vitor. We've received all of our sacraments there thus far. We went to St. Vitor school growing up. Um, and we were always involved, whether it was choir or altar serving. And even after getting confirmed, I was a lectory Eucharistic minister for a little while before going up to college. And, you know, I did lecture and Eucharistic minister there as well and do music as well. And then when I came home, got involved again and taught confirmation and was still involved with music ministry. Um, and throughout college, I was fortunate enough to lead VYC a number of times, just getting to know all of the amazing associates, the professed, and getting to see all of the Viatorian sites, the churches in the different areas. I had never been to like Arlington Heights before doing BYC. I'd never been to Burbank and Kankakee. So really getting to see all of those regions and all of those churches and those uh, associates and professed, I think really opened my eyes to see like, wow, this community is really spread out and it's very vast. And, you know, this is something I would really like to become part of. And so when I moved back home from, I was living in Utah for about six years for college and school and then Anthony handed me a uh, stack of paperwork and he was like here fill this out and it was uh, the association paperwork so I filled it out and I was really excited because it's something I always wanted to do and I think we're actually the only pair of twins to be associates if I'm correct. So far well so I mean far. this past VYC we could recruit a few sets yeah, of twins Yeah there was actually. a couple twins. Yeah there was a couple sets. It would be nice if the other half of the twin got to come to BYC next year and then it's like ah that'd be like fun okay <laughs> but like to be fair I never actually got to go on a BYC because Rosie can only choose one of us to go so was that a thing that was a thing because yeah. on the first on the first few they were very strict about like numbers yes yeah because no, they, yeah, was they were too. like Beller or no we were space techni was Catholic Hogwarts and it was very awesome. space limited because they had other groups in there. Right? Got it. Yeah, I remember Versus, like like Bellarmine, like we had the whole place in. Oh, that's Casa, right. Yeah. We had the whole place to ourselves. Yeah, there like it was strict with Saint Thomas More too because it was it was only limited to the young disciples group, and then yes. you couldn't repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I never had to go as a delegate, and I was sad about it, but I was also like. I think it made me appreciate the experience a lot more mm. going as yeah. a leader. 
Well, I mean, we've had good success with leaders that have not been on BYC before because they've already had it. Most of them have had the training. Right. Like yeah. this past year, like most of them have been on retreats before yeah. and have led. They get know, the vibe. And to yeah. help get us going back on the right track for BYC in the future. But like seeing the group that we just had at BYC, the delegates and some of the leaders, I feel confident that we'll be able to, you know, yield a, a, a new crop of leaders to, yeah. to kind of spearhead BYC into the future. Yeah. It's a very exciting BYC. So not all of the BYC young adults decide to become associates eventually, but the three of you did. And so now each of you a few years into association, some a little more than others. Um, <laughs> really calling you out today. <laughs> it's fun. What would you say it's been like to be an associate and a member of the Viatorian community? Because I remember having worked here three years and getting into my job at first, learning the terminology that like in my head, you know, a lot of us would have heard clerics of St. Biter and be used to hearing that. But over time, that kind of got put as a secondary title and we came to more commonly use the Viatorian yeah. community or just say Viatorians because even if you're not a professed religious brother or priest, a committed associate is still considered a full part of the community and a Viatorian just as well. That's what we say and that's what we aim for. Maybe sometimes it's truer than at other times, but what has your experience been like the first few years of association and belonging to the community with our assemblies and our regional meetings and the ministries you guys have been a part of? I mean, it's really eye-opening for sure. You don't really know everything that happens behind the scenes or how I didn't realize like all the logistics that go into running and doing the business and like what it takes to be a religious community. And so I think it's really eye-opening to see all that. But my personal experience has been really good. I've met some amazing people who I know will be lifelong friends. And, you know, I've gotten to walk alongside friends who I've made previously, like prior to association, like Kai and I were friends prior to association. And I'm glad that we got to do this together. And I'm glad now in this upcoming class that like Patrick is getting to do it. Um, and so it's amazing to see these younger people being able to be brought up and being able to sort of uh, blaze the path for them. I think being a part of like the VYC generation of um, associates is it's an interesting perspective just because like at least for me having like gone through VYC as a teen and then being a leader and all that it just as an associate now it feels weird being kind of treated like a full adult because <laughs> I also just have a baby face and that's just kind of how it is but being a part of the interview like part of VYC where they get to talk about like your um, experience as an associate and all that it's it's interesting to be able to share that with teens that are going through what got me to be here and like maybe that sparks something in them and then it just kind of inspires them to want to be a part of this community but yeah it's it's cool being like close enough in age to them but also just just old enough to kind of like foster that sort of I guess, path for them. When we talked with the leaders on a podcast at BYC, uh, Mikey Schumacher pointed out that even he as a first-time participant leading, he could see this camaraderie and um, kind of equal footing between all of the associates and brothers and priests and all the adults working with it. And he felt like he was already kind of a part of that, just kind of stepping right in yeah, from his quarters a, at the awesome. high school. And I feel like you describing going from participant to young adult leader now to like an adult associate it's different but it's not and that's kind of healthy I think yeah right like it it just kind of eases you right into it and it, you never were subordinated or made to feel small or less because that's not how the community feels and then also as a leader you don't feel above anything you're just as much in the trenches as point. the young adult leaders and all that so yeah I feel like over the years it's just been natural like naturally been given the ability to transition from being a young person learning from these older well longer tenured associates <laughs> edit that out no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the associates that have been in association longer that have made that have seen a lot more than we have and so 
for some of them to know Anthony from when I was in high school to now, like, you know, we're working with each other or we're, you know, working in ministry together or, you know, they turn to, you know, I have someone I can turn to for anything, anywhere, pretty much in any region, which is good because that's how the Vitorian should be. We should be resources to one another, you know, but being an associate and being on the leadership team, I think is interesting too, because as a regional leadership team, it's kind of interesting to see how different regions do things. Cause now that we share like information in terms of like, Oh, one region is doing, you know, these events for St. Vider Day and this region celebrates Vider Day in a different way. And out West, we do it differently as well, but you know, it's nice to see that there's some commonalities between the regions, even though each of the regions are very vastly different from one another, just in terms of how their spiritual life is there. You know, I think out West, we like social gatherings in terms of like, it's really like Kai said, kind of like a family reunion, like where, you know, when we get to see each other, we all really enjoy it. And when someone misses or isn't able to come, it's like, oh my gosh, we miss that person. And you know, we try to keep up with them as best as we can, but we're all, you know, busy with our day jobs and, you know, careers and family life and juggling all of those. But when it comes time for the Vitorian events, we try our hardest to make time for that, time permitting, of course. Um, one of the things I think is a good mark of a community and its community life that personally I have found really well within church-based communities is that when you come to a gathering or a meeting or a rehearsal or whatever, even if there's new people, you can start talking to them and you feel like you've already been friends for a while or like you're just reconnecting and not getting to know each other for the first time because it's like you've sort of been like pre-screened to be best friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because True. everyone who's become a part of that choir or, um, you know, has taken part in that club at a parish or something like has all come there for a similar reason. And so it almost like gives you a starting point to engage with each other. And I feel like Viatorian Association is really strong in that regard that you have men and women who already identify with the Viatorian community and with, you know, walking with people whose society tries to ignore or, you know, being focused on prioritizing young people. And you come in with those things already in common. So when you start talking to each other or trading stories or making fun of Viatorian brothers and priests, <laughs> you already have this like shared ethos and it's like you're off to a head start. Like this is my second year coming to this conference in Las Vegas and I'm still meeting people I haven't met before. Mm -hmm. But even those associates, it's like I've already talked to them a handful of times and we're just reconnecting, even though it's the first time I've met them face to face. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a mark of a really strong community that knows what it stands for and knows what it's trying to do. And I think that's kind of one of the mantles of association is that even if we're not living in these, you know, rectories and community houses, like some of the priests and brothers do, we have a life that we kind of bring in dialogue with the Viatorian spirituality and bring in our own way. Um, so I think you guys are a good example of that in the community life in the West region here, for sure. Well, and okay. it's interesting because you were talking about choir and I was like, oh, well, um, occasionally, like, the three of us do sing together, actually. So, like, um, I mean, even before you became an associate, we would, like, be like, hi, come to St. Vida, we're yeah. doing today, like, or come yeah. see a confirmation. A confirmation mass, yeah. Yeah, come do this. So, it's, I think it's cool, too, because, like, you connect on that spiritual level, but you also connect on that friend level, and you're just like, hey, Kai, I think you would be really great to come and sing with us, or play guitar, and, you know, be involved with us, even though you're not like, a parishioner at our parish, per se, like, we still always want you around. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's the cool thing about VYC, having that kind mm -hmm. of side quest of, um, like, being part of the music ministry, is that, like, now you know a bunch of teens in all these different regions that have these talents. So now, yeah. if you're going to do some sort of celebration or prayer at a parish, it's, yeah. okay, you live around here. Do you want to come and join us for this and help us out with that? Well, that's so. what I used to do at VYC. Like, two of the girls from St. Better High School, Caitlin and Mary, I would hit them up the couple weeks before VYC and see if they're available to help sing that, like, to Zay. Mm -hmm. And then they would always show up, and I was like, yes, yeah. thank goodness. But, yes, it is a, a good thing, like, you know, having that ability and, 
now that I'm thinking about it, I've actually done a mass in every single church that the Valtorians have had. That's awesome. So I'm that's like, cool. that's so cool. So put that on the podcast. Yeah. Like, for sure gonna <laughs> Not ending that out. Uh, that's a new quest of mine. Yeah. Now. <laughs> you know, we've we've had some really talented people come through BYC. Yeah, well, oh, musically talented, yeah, verbally gifted as well. Like yeah. some just amazing, like eloquently gifted with their words, and you know, at such a young age, being able to connect the gospel or like what's happening at BYC or their experience with BYC to, you know, give a reflection during mass in place of the homily and right. stuff, which is always a beautiful thing. I enjoy hearing that, and yeah. especially from our young people in terms of like the high school kids that are actually on BYC. I just really enjoy listening to them, getting their perspective, you know, and for them being able to learn from priests that give homilies, I guess, for like a living. <laughs> yeah. If you want to I mean. call it that. I don't, I think BYC, we've been very blessed the, the past few years. And I think going into the future, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how we evolve as a community in terms of, you know, what direction are we heading? You know, how is our strategic planning going to play a part in guiding us and leading us into the upcoming uphill battle we have to ensure that our community is good for the next generation of associates to come and take over for us and to, you know, so in that way, when we're the senior associates (laughs) within the community, we can be like, ah, remember when we were filming this podcast or you know we have something to look back on and be like those were the good years yeah. and we we want to look back and still be like ah oh, these are the good years too you know they're good we're just a little grayer <laughs> we're not there yet we're not there quite yet but so i feel like there's not necessarily a ton of baggage about being associates and being young you know there's probably times when more experienced people get a chance to say a little bit more or whatever, but there's a lot of gift in having young associates like you guys and a few others in the community. What do you think is, you know, not to like be too big headed, but like what are the particular gifts that you think associates in their twenties and thirties can bring the community that, you know, might be missed or might be lacking if it was solely a middle-aged or older community? Something about us is that like we do have families but we don't have like our own children or you know that kind of stuff I mean Kai has a dog a four (laughs) four legged fur baby and stuff and so I think for us you know as many events as we can go to we're we're pretty much there as long as we know in advance and you know can make arrangements in our lives to be there and stuff like I think for the most part we're always there but also I think because we have been with the Vitorians so long and have seen them growing up in our parishes and in schools and stuff. And now having worked with them, me for the past 14 years, I think being given the freedom to speak freely, of course, but also being a voice that's listened to and heard and taken into consideration. I think we're really uh, practical, especially when it comes to doing events and they're like, oh, you're the youngest one here. You're going to run all the technology for this meeting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I get that, that a ton. That has been one improvement for sure is the technology. And, <laughs> you know, I think the associates that have been around in our in our region, at least, and I know in other places too, but hearing it more often is that a lot of the, the associates that have been with us longer have noted or make sure to verbally tell us like how good it is that there are young associates joining. Yes. The community because like we offer a different perspective we you know see things differently we were not you know we're, we're we've been raised in this one community like Kai and Henderson me and Tommy in St. Vider Las Vegas to where we grew up in the parish we're, we're parish staples at this point versus some of them have moved here from other places and weren't always connected to the Viatorians originally some were but not all and we sort of have those uh, lifelong relationships with people. Like I know for uh, for Anthony and I, at least, we have that like special connection with like Father Bill Hazard and uh, Father Richard Wren. Um, Father Wren, for a lot of us who came up as like altar servers, he has like special nicknames for us. So mm-hmm. we'll always be uh, Nigel and Cosmo to him. <laughs> um, and I know Kai. I know you've had some special relationships. Like I know Father Pat. Is a big impact on your life. Yeah. Oh, 
Bob. Oh, Father Al. Father Alan. Yeah. Love them. They're the best. I like to hear the witness of like availability and showing up because I think sometimes the you know disconnect between young adults and maybe middle-aged or older adults might be a frustration with just that we have a different way of proceeding or that we just don't do things the way they're used to and it can be annoyance in some ways. But when you show up and you're a regular part of something, it makes it harder to demonize you or misperceive you because you're there being yourself and you have to be taken on your own terms. Yeah. And I think one of the benefits of even if there's some instability or inconsistency in like the millennial and Gen Z sort of outlook, I think that we can also model balance in a different, hopefully better way that like, we don't need to work 80 hours a week and kill ourselves to make a living and have a life that we want. And it's not to say that, you know, that was a bad thing for our parents or grandparents to do if that was how they provided for our families. But I think we have an opportunity to model work-life balance to model, you know, careful, deliberate, healthy relationship choices, whether in our social lives or in like our romantic lives and what we see for ourselves uh, in that regard. And I think that we have a chance to model that in a positive and healthy way, not just within our community, but for the teenagers and the young people that Viatorian ministries impact. And they hopefully will see healthy habits in us that they carry forward in themselves as they get older too. All right, so the fun question. If you were offered support and financial means and staffing and all the things that you might need for a dream idea, if you as a Viatorian were to take your Viatorian spirituality and your understanding of Father Curbs and the charism, and we're going to go out into a community and found a new Viatorian ministry, what would you want to try to bring to your community or to the church in its life? to try to help people and live out the Viatorian mission in kind of your own stamped way? What do you think you would do? Big question. That is a big question. That is a big question. I mean, I personally, if, if like money was no object and all that, and like we had the manpower and stuff, like I think like a media, like just having videos and like, I guess like a media production, I guess, in a weird way, um, that would be fun. I think just to be able to highlight all of these stories that, cause like the Viatorians are full of stories Big time, yeah, um, yeah. and like full of experiences that I, like all of us firsthand have been in contact with and have been able to like take away from what they've experienced and stuff like that. And I think being able to share that on like a broader kind of more accessible format would be really cool to document. Like a camera crew. And- yeah high-def footage and full editing. Well, and even, like, video and photo people to, like, come in and, like, take pictures of, like, our lives in the parish, our events that we do together. Because I think a lot of people believe that association and being in community with others is all of this, like, serious, and all you do is sit there and pray. But there's so much more to that. And I think that needs to be captured as well. I want to say something in music, but realistically, I think what what would be cooler to me is like a multimedia production space or Curbs Productions. You know, Curbs Productions, yeah. To where, <laughs> you know, like we can content create, we can record music studio or, you know, be like a, a an affordable option as someone that maybe doesn't have like the means to like buy equipment and stuff to like do their own podcast, like you know, set them up, like, let them do their thing, like, video record, you know. When you said a sound studio, I'm just thinking Viatorian Christmas album. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I don't know that I can do a CD. I'm going to be very honest. I know people that can, though. You said CD. That's cute. (laughs) Spotify. I would like it to be a cassette tape. Okay, okay. Everyone has to autograph on it, too. A mixtape, if you want. A mixtape. Yeah. yeah. What was that website? LimeWire. LimeWire. Lime oh, yeah. You can make a BitTorrent of your <laughs> Christmas album. Uh, um, so, I guess I'm a little... I, I have somewhat of a different idea. Um, if money were absolutely no object, I would probably make some more... Like, a more of a mobile clinic for the unhoused. In Vegas, um, a lot of the unhoused don't necessarily have transportation to get to downtown Las Vegas, especially here in town. 
Um, and so I, I firm, I'm a believer that we need to meet people where they're at. And so bringing the services to them. What, so whether that's like, you know, having like a, having a bus, which can serve as a cooling station on like the really hot days that we have here in Vegas, but then also providing them with services, making sure that they're okay and they're not going to dehydrate and pass out on the side of the road and that they can, they can find the services that maybe they need. And so being more active and bringing those services to the people that need them the most. That's, that's definitely a need out here in Vegas. Yeah. I would say also too, like, or seeing the education in Las Vegas, mm. it would be nice to have like a low cost or no cost Catholic school education to where they're getting like a, like a quality education, but like started out in pre-K so then that way they're ahead because like kids that have access to like a preschool or a pre-kindergarten program like at a daycare or a community center those kids generally start out in front of the gate for kindergarten versus the kids that have no socialization or no access to those programs they're already like two miles behind and then they have to catch up and then if they don't get caught up for several years or until someone is like, Hey, like they need the resources. So like really giving, you know, money towards like a school to where it's elementary school, but they have the resources to make anything possible to get kids caught up and to provide, you know, a lower number of students to teachers. Cause I know at, at the school this year at St. Vider, they have, I think less 20 students or less in a class, which, is unheard of in a public school right right to have that in a private school and if there is no cost or like what if a parent or a family is not able to pay the tuition and then are we going to ask them to front you know money for a a tuition when maybe it's paying that versus like a mortgage or having to rent instead and move and all that Mm -hmm. stuff so that would be cool to have like a school and to attract like high level teachers that want to teach and that mm-hmm. want to, you know, work in a place where they're compensated fairly, because mm-hmm. that's also an issue as well. But that's yes. another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even developing sort of a daycare that focuses more on Catholic Viatorian themes, mm-hmm. and that kind of instill it in children from a young age, because Viatorians are very much about like the kids and very much about like instilling that faith in the kids from an early age and so i'm surprised we never ventured on that like starting from like two all the way up <laughs> viatorian toddlers <laughs> Vider tots. Vider tots. <laughs> if i could do something i would want to do a coffee shop tap room combo oh, yes 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 where Absolutely. we could we could do like the morning and afternoon coffee rushes, hopefully like in a nonprofit kind of way, right? Pay your workers justly and then give the proceeds over to one of our ministries. And then, you know, at three o'clock, you put away the coffee urns and open up the taps and get the pie glasses going and you have happy hours. And I think that both with a morning crew and with an evening crew, you could have catechetical opportunities to do kind of low barrier, relaxed conversations and dialogues, you know, not everything has to be theology on tap. And honestly, that branding is probably kind of uh, a turnoff to some people. Um, but bit. I think that you could create in a Viatorian vein, an approachable, accessible kind of space where people would come have a mug of coffee or, you know, have a, a drink or two from the brewery behind the, <laughs> the big wall. And you could, <laughs> you could do some interesting things. And I think some of our you know, institutions already have a little glimmer of that going and you would just have to kind of blow it out from there. But that's, it's a go where they are, meet meet people where they are sort of approach. I'm just thinking of a Viatorian speakeasy now. (laughs) 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 It's just a coffee shop up front and there's a door in the back. You press the levers and everything flips around. They have a couple of those bars around here. I mean, when is Viatorian Casino night? (laughs) When is that happening? (laughs) Oh man, yeah, some gaming in there too. That's all for this installment of Roundtables on the Way. We thank Kai, Tommy, and Anthony for joining us today and pray for their continued witness to Viatorian spirituality. If you hear this and wonder about Viatorian Association, email us at vocations at viatorians.com 
or send a social media DM to start a conversation. Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way is a production of Viatorian Vocation Ministry. The Viatorians are professed brothers and priests, together with women and men lay associates, who proclaim Jesus Christ and his gospel and raise communities where faith is lived, deepened, and celebrated. In the footsteps of Venerable Louis Curbs and under the patronage of St. Vider, we strive to do everything well so that through us, Jesus may be adored and loved. To learn more about our community, visit viatorians.com or follow us on social media at Viatorian USA. Those seeking support and accompaniment in exploring God's invitation for them are invited to reach out to Vocation Ministry. Send us a DM on social media or email. On behalf of Brother John and the Viatorian community, I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Curbs, inspire us. St. Bider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus. There's just going to be bloopers for days on this podcast. I'll do a whole extra fighting room for episode. Here's the hot tea from the community. We need a Viatorian stuff. I was going to say, we could do like a burner Instagram that's like Toy Corey's picture or something. Oh my god. Could you imagine if we made Danny mad? And then it's like he blackmails us with like a one-line singer. I can make like a soundboard out of you. The, the next view I see, it's just like anytime any of us <laughs> do something or say something, he automatically has it erased. Oh man, he just, just holds something up the like a one and he's just like each yeah. one of us has our faces on a button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just devilishly yeah. hold you hostage. That's great. Is is extortion by a Torian? I guess it so. is now. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a charism. A, it's a charism.